O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of his kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Journey with me through the entire Bible in one year, focusing on the biblical calendar, the Sabbath, the feasts, and the Torah reading cycle. We have many voices, interpretations, and points of view out there, but there is nothing like listening to the crystal clean, pure Word of God in your life. It is living water for your spirit, as it is written in Romans 10.17. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. When we listen to the spoken Word of God, it is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12 The Word of God is alive, it is powerful, and it renews our mind and builds up our spirit. As it is written in Isaiah 55.11 So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Vayera, and it means, And He Appeared. Genesis 18, 15-33 Sarah lied, saying, I did not laugh, for she was frightened. But he replied, You did laugh. The men set out from there and looked down towards Sodom, Abraham walking with them to see them off. Now Hashem had said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do, since Abraham is to become a great and populous nation, and all the nations of the earth are to bless themselves by him? For I have singled him out, that he may instruct his children and his posterity to keep the way of Hashem by doing what is just and right. In order that Hashem may bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. Then Hashem said, The outrage of Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin is so grave. I will go down to see whether they have acted according to the outcry that has reached me. If not... I will take note. 
The men went on from there to Sodom, while Abraham remained standing before Hashem. Abraham came forward and said, Will you sweep away the innocent, along with the guilty? What if there should be fifty innocent within the city? Will you then wipe out the place and not forgive it for the sake of the innocent fifty who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to bring death upon the innocent as well as the guilty, so that innocent and guilty fare alike. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth deal justly? And Hashem answered, If I find within the city of Sodom fifty innocent ones, I will forgive the whole place for their sake. Abraham spoke up, saying, Here I venture to speak to my Lord, I who am but dust and ashes. What if the fifty innocent should lack five? Will you destroy the whole city for want of the five? And he answered, I will not destroy if I find forty-five there. But he spoke to him again and said, What if forty should be found there? And he answered, I will not do it for the sake of the forty. And he said, Let not my Lord be angry if I go on. What if thirty should be found there? And he answered, I will not do it if I find thirty there. And he said, I venture again to speak to my Lord. What if twenty should be found there? And he answered, I will not destroy for the sake of twenty. And he said, Let not my Lord be angry if I speak but this last time. What if ten should be found there? And he answered, I will not destroy for the sake of ten. When Hafshem had finished speaking to Abraham, he departed. And Abraham returned to his place. Jeremiah thirty one twenty seven to thirty two forty four See, a time is coming, declares Hashem, when I will sow the house of Israel and the house of Judah with seed of men and seed of cattle, and just as I was watchful over them to uproot and to pull down, to overthrow and to destroy and to bring disaster, so I will be watchful over them to build and to plant, declares Hashem. In those days they shall no longer say parents have eaten sour grapes and children's teeth are blunted. But every one shall die for his own sins. Whosoever eats sour grapes, his teeth shall be blunted. See, a time is coming, declares Hashem, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their fathers, when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, a covenant which they broke, though I espoused them, declares Hashem. But such is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after these days, declares Hashem. I will put my teaching into their inmost being and inscribe it upon their hearts. Then I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No longer will they need to teach one another and say to one another, Heed Hashem, for all of them, from the least of them to the greatest, shall heed me, declares Hashem, for I will forgive their iniquities and remember their sins no more. Thus said Hashem, who established the sun for light by day, the laws of moon and stars for light by night, 
who stirs up the sea into roaring waves, whose name is Yahweh Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts. If these laws should ever be annulled by me, declares Hashem, only then would the offspring of Israel cease to be a nation before me for all time. Thus said Hashem, If the heavens above could be measured, and the foundations of the earth below could be fathomed, only then would I reject all the offspring of Israel for all that they have done, declares Hashem. See, a time is coming, declares Hashem, when the city shall be rebuilt for Hashem from the tower of Hananel to the corner gate, and the measuring line shall go straight out to the Garib hill, and then turn toward Goa. And the entire valley of the corpses and ashes, and all the fields as far as the Wadi Kitron and the corner of the horse gate on the east, shall be holy to Hashem. They shall never again be uprooted or overthrown. The word which came to Jeremiah from Hashem in the tenth year of King Zedekiah of Judah, which was the eighteenth year of Nebuchadnezzar. At that time, the army of the king of Babylon was besieging Jerusalem, and the Navi Jeremiah was confined in the prison compound attached to the palace of the king of Judah. For King Zedekiah of Judah had confined him, saying, How dare you prophesy, thus said Hashem, I am delivering this city into the hands of the king of Babylon, and he shall capture it. And King Zedekiah of Judah shall not escape from the Chaldeans. He shall be delivered into the hands of the king of Babylon, and he shall speak to him face to face and see him in prison. And Zedekiah shall be brought to Babylon there to remain, until I take note of him, declares Hashem. When you wage war against the Chaldeans, you shall not be successful. Jeremiah said, The word of Hashem came to me. Hananel, the son of your uncle Shalom, will come to you and say, Buy my land in Anatoth, for you are next in succession to redeem it by purchase. And just as Hashem had said, My cousin Hananel came to me in prison and said to me, Please buy my land in Anatoth in the territory of Benjamin. For the right of succession is yours, and you have the duty of redemption. Buy it. Then I knew that it was indeed the word of Hashem. So I bought the land in Anatot from my cousin Hananel. I weighed out the money to him, seventeen shekels of silver. I wrote a deed, sealed it, and had it witnessed, and I weighed out the silver on a balance. I took the deed of purchase, the sealed text, and the open one according to rule and law, and gave the deed to Baruch, son of Nuria, son of Mashika, in the presence of my kinsman, Hananel, of the witnesses who were named in the deed, and all the Judeans who were sitting in the prison compound. In their presence I charged Baruch as follows. Thus said the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Take these documents, this deed of purchase, the sealed text and the open one, and put them into an earthen jar, so that they may last a long time. For thus said the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, 
Houses, fields, and vineyards shall again be purchased in this land. But after I had given the deed to Baruch, son of Nuria, I prayed to Hashem, Ah, Hashem, you have made heaven and earth with your great might and outstretched arm. Nothing is too wondrous for you. You show kindness to the thousandth generation, but visit the guilt of the fathers upon their children after them. O great and mighty Hashem, whose name is Yahweh Saviot, the Lord of hosts, wondrous in purpose and mighty in deed, whose eyes observe all the ways of men, so as to repay every man according to his ways, and with the proper fruit of his deeds. You displayed signs and marvels in the land of Egypt, with lasting effect, and won renown in Israel and among mankind to this very day. You freed your people Israel from the land of Egypt, with signs and marvels, with a strong hand and an outstretched arm, and with great terror. You gave them this land that you had sworn to their fathers to give them, a land flowing with milk and honey. And they came and took possession of it, but they did not listen to you or follow your teaching. They did nothing of what you commanded them to do. Therefore, you have caused all this misfortune to befall them. Here are the siege mounds raised against the city to storm it, and the city, because of sword and famine and pestilence, is at the mercy of the Chaldeans who are attacking it. What you threatened has come to pass, as you see. Yet you, Hashem, said to me, Buy the land for money and call in witnesses, when the city is at the mercy of the Chaldeans. Then the word of Hashem came to Jeremiah, Behold, I am Hashem, the God of all flesh. Is anything too wondrous for me? Assuredly, thus said Hashem, I am delivering this city into the hands of the Chaldeans and of King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, and he shall capture it. And the Chaldeans who have been attacking this city shall come and set this city on fire and burn it down with the houses on whose roofs they made offerings to Baal and poured out libations to other gods so as to vex me. For the people of Israel and Yehuda have done nothing but evil in my sight since their youth. The people of Israel have done nothing but vex me by their conduct, declares Hashem. This city has aroused my anger and my wrath from the day it was built until this day, so that it must be removed from my sight. Because of all the wickedness of the people of Israel and Judah, who have so acted as to vex me, they, their kings, their officials, their Kohanim and Nevi'im, and the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, they turned their backs to me, not their faces. Though I have taught them persistently, they do not give heed or accept rebuke. They placed their abominations in the house which bears my name and defiled it. And they built the shrines of Baal which are in the valley of Ben-Hinnom, where they offered up their sons and daughters to Molech, when I had never commanded or even thought of commanding that they should do such an abominable thing, and so bring guilt on Yehuda. But now, assuredly, thus said Hashem, the God of Israel, concerning this city, of which you say, It is being delivered into the hands of the king of Babylon, through the sword, through famine, and through pestilence. See, I will gather them from all the lands to which I have banished them, 
in my anger and wrath and in great rage, and I will bring them back to this place and let them dwell secure. They shall be my people, and I will be their God. I will give them a single heart and a single nature to revere me for all time, and it shall be well with them and their children after them, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them that I will not turn away from them, and that I will treat them graciously, and I will put into their hearts reverence for me, so that they do not turn away from me. I will delight in treating them graciously, and I will plant them in this land faithfully with all my heart and soul. For thus said Hashem, As I have brought this terrible disaster upon this people, so I am going to bring upon them the vast good fortune which I have promised for them. And fields shall again be purchased in this land of which you say it is a desolation without man or beast. It is delivered into the hands of the Chaldeans. Fields shall be purchased and deeds written and sealed and witnesses called in the land of Benjamin, and in the environs of Jerusalem, and in the towns of Yehuda, the towns of the hill country, the towns of the Shapila, the towns of the Negev. For I will restore their fortunes, declares Hashem. First Timothy 3, 1-16 This is a true saying, if a man desire the office of a bishop, he desires a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy of filthy looser, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that rules well his own house having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Likewise must the deacons be grave and double-tongued, not given to much wine, nor greedy, a filthy looser, holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. And let these also be first proved. Then let them use the office of a deacon being found blameless. Even so, their wives must be grave, not slanderous, sober, faithful in all things. Let the deacons be the husbands of one wife, ruling their children and their own houses well. For they that have used the office of a deacon well purchase to themselves a good degree and great boldness in the faith which is in Yeshua. These things write I to you, hoping to come unto you shortly. But if I tarry long that you may know how you ought to behave yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. 
God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. Psalm 88, 1-18 O Lord God of my salvation, I have cried day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you, incline your ear to my cry. For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draws near to the grave. I am counted with them that go down into the pit. I am as a man that has no strength. Free among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, whom you remember no more, and they are cut off from your hand. You have laid me in the lowest pit, in darkness, in the deeps. Your wrath lies hard upon me, and you have afflicted me with all your waves. Selah. You have put away my acquaintance far from me. You have made me an abomination unto them. I am shut up and cannot come forth. My eye mourns by reason of affliction. Lord, I have called daily upon you. I have stretched out my hands to you. Will you show wonders to the dead? Shall the dead arise and praise you? Selah. Shall your loving kindness be declared in the grave? Or your faithfulness in destruction? Shall your wonders be known in the dark? And your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? But unto you have I cried. O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer prevent you. Lord, why do you cast off my soul? Why do you hide your face from me? I am afflicted and ready to die from my youth up. While I suffer your terrors, I am distracted. Your fierce wrath goes over me. Your terrors have cut me off. They came round about me daily like water. They compassed me about together. Lover and friend have you put far from me, and my acquaintance into darkness. Proverbs 25.20-22 As he that takes away a garment in cold weather, and as a vinegar upon nitre, so is he that sings songs to a heavy heart. If your enemy be hungry, give him bread to eat, and if he be thirsty, give him water to drink. For you shall heap coals of fire upon his head, and the Lord shall reward you. Today I want to speak to you from Genesis chapter 18, and then we're going to jump into Jeremiah 31 and 32. And in Genesis chapter 18, we see Abraham functioning in the role of an intercessor. Now, there's many things about Abraham that make him very special to my heart. He truly is the father of the nations. And it was through Abraham that, because of his example of walking by faith, righteousness was given credit to him. Righteousness was credited to him because he believed God's promise. So he's a man who walks in faith. He trusted the Lord. But here in this scene that we read from today, Abram is functioning in the role of an intercessor. God has revealed to him through the angels that he's about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And this is where Lot lives. 
So Abram has a vested interest in seeing that the city is spared because his nephew, Lot, lives there. So in Genesis 18, verse 23, Abram came forward and said, Will you sweep away the innocent along with the guilty? What if there should be fifty innocent within the city? Will you then wipe out the place and not forgive it for the sake of the innocent fifty who are in it? And then the conversation proceeds. God answers that question with, Well, Abram continues to say, Far be it from you to do such a thing, to bring death upon the innocent as well as the guilty, so that innocent and guilty fare alike. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth deal justly? So he is reminding God of his own nature and character, that he is just, and that it would not be just for him to kill 50 uh, righteous people along with the guilty. And so the Lord answers and said, If I find within the city of Sodom 50 innocent ones, I will forgive the whole city for their sake. And then Abram continues, What about 40? What about 30? What about 20? What about 10? And so God promises, If I find even 10 innocent ones, I will not destroy the city for the sake of those 10. Now we know that Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed, so God did not find even ten innocent people out of the entire city. And so it was righteous and just that God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. And so we can see Abram gives us a pattern for how we can intercede for our cities, for our nations, for our family, for our neighborhoods, and for our schools. Now, there's a lot of wickedness and corruption and evil in the world today, more than I have ever seen it in my whole life. And it's not just in the arena of politics. It is everywhere. Even on school boards, lately in the news, we've been hearing news stories about how the school boards, which have been overtaken by communist thinking and mindset, are basically calling the parents who come to the school boards, who are speaking up on behalf of their children because they love them, they're calling them domestic terrorists and have made complaints against them to the Department of Justice and the FBI. That's just plain wicked. And I'm afraid that parents don't really have much recourse except to maybe pull their kids out of school and homeschool them and find some other alternative means of education. So the corruption in the nation is in every arena of life. It's in public education and school boards. It's in the mainstream medical health care system with Big Pharma piercing and penetrating with their tentacles. It's all about greed and selling as many vax shots and pills as possible. It's just in every public arena of life. And when God does finally judge the nations and bring the judgments that are written of in Revelation, 
upon the earth, he will be just in doing so, because he's dealing with the evil, the wickedness, the sin and the corruption that is in the world. And the cry of the oppressed and the innocent reaches heaven. There's no justice in the court system. When we see a an election that was clearly stolen, we found no justice at the Supreme Court. They wouldn't even hear the case. And so the outcry to heaven is great. And there will come a day when God will begin to judge and has already begun. I believe that this pandemic, this horrible virus that has been released upon humanity as a terrible scourge, even though the enemy may have had his hand in crafting it, the Lord is sovereign. He is most high. He is El Elyon. He allows and he permits these things as a form of judgment to bring about correction. It's not because God is mean. His purpose in allowing judgment, whether it's upon nations or upon an individual, is to bring us to repentance, to bring about correction. Now I want us to go into Jeremiah, chapters 31 and 32, and we're going to start with Jeremiah 31, chapter chapter 31, and we'll start in verse 30. See, a time is coming, declares Hashem, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. That's northern kingdom and southern kingdom. That's Jews and non-Jews. It will not be like the covenant I made with their fathers, when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, a covenant which they broke, though I espoused them, declares Hashem. So he's saying here that this is going to be not like that covenant. And that covenant, that that was the covenant made at Mount Sinai, it was a marriage covenant. It was a marriage proposal. I espoused them. Okay, And they broke it. They broke that covenant. Remember the golden calf incident. They were immediately uh, unfaithful to the Lord. Verse 32. But this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after these days, declares Hashem. I will put my teaching into their inmost being and inscribe it upon their hearts. Then I will be their God and they shall be my people. So let's compare the two covenants. The covenant at Mount Sinai, the words, the Torah, were written upon two stone tablets. And those two stone tablets were an indication of the heart of the people. The heart, the condition of the hearts of the people was they had stony hearts. So the law, the Ten Commandments, was written upon stone, and their stony hearts could not receive it and accept it, and walk in it. And so this new covenant, God is saying, I am going to write my Torah, my word, my instructions, my teaching, into their inmost being, and write it upon their heart. You can't have a stony heart. You must have a heart of flesh for that to happen. 
you have to be born again. And God takes out the heart of stone and gives you a heart of flesh. Then I will be their God and they shall be my people. So really, this is a picture of being born again. Right here in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31 and 32. Now I want to jump into chapter 32, verse 7, where it is written, Hananel, the son of your uncle Shalom, will come to you and say, Buy my land in Anatot, for you are next in succession to redeem it by purchase. The Israel Bible to this commentary to this verse reads it as follows. At a time of impending destruction, Jeremiah is told to redeem his family's property. This symbolic purchase reflects not only the biblical law that land could be redeemed by relatives, but it also demonstrates Jeremiah's total faith that even though the exile to Babylon is quickly approaching, it will in fact be only temporary. The sale also demonstrates with poetic words and symbolic action the eternal connection between the Jewish people and the land. Though currently on the brink of exile, they remain attached to their land with the deed preserved in an earthenware vessel. So it is. it brings us hope. The southern kingdom has returned to the land of Israel. Israel became a nation in May of 1948, and millions and millions of Jews from all around the world have returned to their ancient homeland. But the northern kingdom, the non-Jewish part of the nation of Israel, still remains in exile, scattered to the nations. But yet, there's a verse later on in chapter 32 that addresses this. Verse 37, chapter 32, verse 7. See, I will gather them from all the lands to which I have banished them in my anger and wrath and in great rage, and I will bring them back to this place and let them dwell secure. Continuing on, verses 41 and 42. I will delight in treating them graciously, and I will plant them in this land faithfully with all my heart and soul. For thus says Hashem, As I have brought this terrible disaster upon this people, so I am going to bring upon them the vast good fortune which I have promised for them. So God has made a promise that though we were banished and put into exile to all the nations of the earth and have been away from the promised land for all these centuries, he is promising that there's a day coming when he is going to ingather his own people and bring them back to the promised land. I look forward to that day, and I do believe it will happen in our lifetime. Shalom, and we'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, Adonai, Anavilaka, Vikuneka.
Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>